Welcome to Sacred Intersections Podcast, where we navigate the twisty roads of harmful theology, mental health, and religious abuse. I'm Paula. I'm a licensed professional counselor, a counseling professor, and a person of Christian faith. And I'm Jamie, a public school principal and a pastor of a small church in Western North Carolina, kind of a combination between traditional church and a little more progressive Cooperative Baptist Fellowship kind of church. And Jamie happens to be my big brother. Yes. And don't hold that against me as you listen to this podcast, please. Oh, whatever. Yeah, All right. Right. It's already yeah. starting. True. Big brother, <laughs> older brother. So yeah, this is going to be interesting. This might be a little weird. So Jill is, this is when you would usually hear Jill introduce herself as well. And Jill is um, not with us this week. So I begged my brother to guest host with me. We're and still negotiating what the fee will be, but uh, yeah, we're doing that. We're going, we're going with it. Yeah. You're going to get paid exactly what Jill and I get paid. <laughs> oh, great. Actually, double. You know you can get paid triple what Jill and I get paid because, uh, yeah. People are listening to this around the world, so historically. <laughs> you, you just said people that. People are listening to this around the world for there to be any payment other than my gratitude. So, you know. That will be that. plenty, That's of nicer to you than I usually am. Yeah, this might be a little weird. We've yeah. never really done anything like this. No, we're, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll make it through. I was trying to think if we have ever merged our professional worlds in any way. And I, I was, I don't, I don't think, think so. We have, <laughs> no. we, were, we had one overlapping year in college, but that was not really our professional world. So. No, no. Um, no, I know that I got my doctorate first and then you had to chase after me. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Roadies okay. got a live one here. It's, who It's, it's on. No. <laughs> Oh, all right. I'm, I'm maybe they're rethinking this whole inviting you on the podcast. So we will. Oh, it'll be good. It'll be good. We'll see Let's how go. that goes. Yeah, we're good. Oh, it'll be fun. I'll find a way to get you back. So as we're getting started, we also just want to do our usual introductions that Sacred Intersections podcast is about respectful discussion, conversation to encourage you to think. We're not trying to make you think like us. We're just trying to make you think that's our whole agenda. Neither of us speak on behalf of the Presbyterian Church USA or the church that Jamie is a pastor of or other organizations, which we may be connected to in our professional lives. We don't speak on behalf of all mental health professionals, people of faith, Jesus followers, white people, Americans, or people who grew up in a tiny town in Western North Carolina, which we both did. Sacred Intersections is a podcast that includes discussion and conversation about religion and spirituality and mental health and all those ways that they intersect. So Jill and I were having these kind of conversations. Jamie and I have had these conversations on and off our whole life from youth group on, and we have just decided to record them and share them with you. So we're just really glad you're here. Glad you're along for the journey, whether you're traveling different roads or driving different vehicles than we are. So, Jamie, when I ask you to join this podcast this week, I ask you if you had a topic in mind that you wanted to talk about, and we wound up with this one. What are we talking about? Well, I think the initial question is that kicks us off is, does God care who wins the Super Bowl? God uh, care we, who wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. Does he does he care about the, the outcome of that? And uh, we both played sports in, in high school and 
Um, I would say both are competitive uh, in those, uh, not <laughs> not all conference competitive. I don't mean that. I mean like just competitive, want to win. <laughs> so yeah, and continue to do in a lot of sports. Is, is, is sports has been part of us, even intramurals at Wake and all that stuff. I mean, we've always been involved with sports and um, followed it and been big fans, of course, of Wake for ages and ages and been much disappointment as well, but that's okay. We can live through that as well. Maybe that's something we can talk about. Yeah. Roadies. What Jamie's referring to is we both went to the same school for undergrad, dear old Wake Forest. If you're familiar with sports at all, you know that we've had a lot of heartbreak in our time. So close. We are, our dad went to law school at Wake. So we were raised in this tiny town in Western North Carolina as Wake Forest fans surrounded by Carolina Tar Heel fans and some Duke fans and life has not been easy for us in the sports world. It's been a cross to bear. That's for sure. So I often describe it as just a really unhealthy relationship where I keep thinking it's going to be different. I keep thinking if I go back, I get sucked back, get sucked back in. It's going to be different this time. We're going to be good. We're going to win. And nope, we have a knack for snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, but we still love our Demon Deacons. That's right. Still love them. They're, they've been, football's been been decent. Uh, basketball's not been so much, except when Tim Duncan was there and you were there. I, I got two that. years with Tim Duncan. If you don't know who Tim Duncan is, Tim Duncan. Where have you been? Where have you been? Indeed. The greatest basketball player of all times. And I will fight you for that if you think anything different. But yeah, sports have been something that have connected us, you know, throughout all the different phases of our lives, our love for Wake Forest sports and our love for just getting together and watching sports. And, and we thought it might be interesting to just kind of break down a little bit, this intersection between religion and sports and how, you know, I, I kind of got this idea from thinking about how many professional athletes talk about God in their post-game interviews and just how often, religion just kind of pops up in the sports world and just thinking about, you know, if that's weird or not, and if, and just what an emphasis our country places on them. So, so Jamie agreed to come in and talk about this topic. I think the topic is, is significant because sports does play a huge role in the life of, of the usual American. I mean, we, we uh, spend a lot of money either getting big screen TVs to watch the game or we go out and spend a lot of money playing a game or going to see it live, uh, not so much in COVID time, but but certainly overall. And um, there is a fascination and a following, a very devout following sometimes to teams, almost like a religion. And we can we see there, there are, uh, I mean, really a lot of connections uh, in our culture we do see a lot of overlap, a lot. And uh, that's that's significant for us to understand and make sure not to put too much emphasis on that, but but it, uh, to to at least investigate it and see what what exactly that means for us as as believers. Yeah, I thought I mean exactly what you said when I was thinking about this episode, just how following sports really is almost like a religion. And some people would say almost cult-like for some people, you know, for some fans of big, big schools and big football teams. And, you know, you mentioned COVID, I would say when I really knew 
like, oh, this is a big deal with COVID was when they canceled the basketball tournament, when March Madness came to a screeching halt a year ago this time. So maybe we should, instead of calling this, does God care who wins the Super Bowl? Does God care who wins March Madness? We might. <laughs> more more timely for sure. More, does God care who wins the national championship in, in multiple ways? But yeah, um, I think, I mean, and our athletes in America so often are, are almost worshiped, you know, and how they're just put on a pedestal and how people really follow them and keep up with them and are so easily influenced by them. I think there's a lot of people who would say athletes have more influence than pastors in many yeah. arenas. Absolutely. I mean, the, the best basketball player in the world right now is LeBron James, but his nickname is King James. Hmm. So, I mean, he's, he is certainly, um, worshiped, uh, and is elevated to, to, uh, to that kind of God like status that we're talking about. And that's a big responsibility for them as well, for the athletes as well. But it, it does come down to, uh, in the family structure, whatever that looks like, making sure that we give them proper respect. I mean, it, he didn't just get that way. He, he came that way by, uh, he's physically blessed, but he also has put in a lot of work. What do we place value on and what is significant to our culture, um, whether it be the family unit, um, the community, wh whatever. I mean, there's, there's a lot of interesting uh, dynamics there about what we value and what yeah. we put a, on a pedestal, like you said. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So yeah, what you were saying about how it reflects our values so much. I mean, yeah, that's, we see a lot of money flowing into sports. We see people putting a lot of time and attention. We already mentioned how sports figures can be really influential. You know, I think about just so many kids who live in poverty, see sports as their way out, you know, and they're not really like that's kind of the ultimate American dream to become a professional athlete. And there's such a small, small percentage of people who, who make it to college level sports, much less getting paid millions of dollars level sports and having a, a sneaker deal and all that good stuff. So I think it does reflect our values, our financial values. Um, and yeah, just what's important to us in a lot of ways too. Yeah. I think in, going towards what we kind of the topic of does God care? Um, a lot of people put their, their religious beliefs into their sports and uh, sometimes pray for victories, uh, you know, pray for their team to do. I mean, we've both played a lot of games. I, I've, I recall playing or praying, excuse me, to, to play well. I don't know if I ever, you know, Hey, just let us win God. Um, I've prayed on the foul line before to not shoot an air ball and to get the point in. And, you know, sometimes yeah. God answered and sometimes God did. That's about a 50 50. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. He always and, answered the prayer, right? And for, you know, for those people that we talked about who their religion is sports in a way, you know, if we look at the mental health road for a minute, it's when you, when sports are such a huge part of your life, then that's a life of high highs and low lows, you know, because there's only one outcome for a competitive game. You either win or you lose unless you're in one of those weird sports that can end in a tie. So, um, Mike can't soccer. And we don't tie. believe in that. That's no. <laughs> Stop. I mean, after so many overtimes, football can end in a tie, but 
but basketball never ends in a tie. That's right. Because we saw one of my favorite memories with you actually was quadruple overtime when Wake Forest was playing NC State. Yes. We lost. We did lose. Super sad. Yeah. We were on the front row of that game. That's right. Got to see a lot of interesting stuff then. Got to see some a lot of passion and a lot of foul language. And and that's another point about this is sport. There are a few things in life that really evoke this much emotion, that can emo- evoke this much passion and that people really care about and really, because it's, it's something that inherently creates winners and losers, right? Yeah. And we, it, you know, we've talked about, we've always heard uh, growing up, I know one observation was look how excited people get at a basketball game. And it could be Wake versus Gardner-Webb, but still we were excited about it. No no offense, Gardner-Webb. But, you know, any game, any competition that involves the team that is your team is significant. It, it And we, we would get fired up about it and um, very excited and chanting and cheering. And, you know, much is made about the Duke cheer pages and they do all those different things. It takes a lot of focus and it's this passion and then we've always heard in our youth groups, whatever, why can't we have that same passion for our faith, for one another, for serving Christ? And um, it's a fair question, very fair question. I think I'm hearing Jamie's current congregation, which is actually the church that we grew up going to, which is also super weird that Jamie's now the pastor of the church that we grew up going to. It's cool. It's Full also circle. just a little strange. Um, but anyway, so people... If you're listening to the podcast and you attend Jamie's church, I think he, I think you're hearing that he would like some cheers on. <laughs> have you ever had a congregation just, you know, dump a, dump a pitcher, a pitcher, dump a cooler of cool of Gatorade on you at the end of a sermon or. Yeah, that's not, not yet, but, but I mean, there's always, there's always next time. At your goal. Oh, goal. sure. Right. Wouldn't that be awesome? I've never had a Gatorade bath after well, a. The victory. Wouldn't that be awesome for all of us just at our jobs? If someone was high-fiving us when we did something well all the time or stood up and screamed, good job, or dumped. Or it does up. show. I mean, I know, you're, but it does show the passion that's involved with sports. I mean, it, it really, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the mental health road too, is, you know, some of the positives of sports is that it really can create community. It really can pull people together, both the athletes um, who have this shared passion and who have a real bonding experience as a team. You know, I have friends who met in their running club and got married. And so, you know, there's this shared interest, but then there's this larger community of fans that can really create a community as well. So it can be a shared experience that can be very bonding. There's a, and it's funny because in our, in our little hometown, um, I played little league baseball for forever. And the, the diversity, we have very little diversity up here, but economic diversity is a reality here. You know, we were all there together. It didn't matter where you were economically. You, you still are on the same baseball field and you had to, you know, run the same distance of bases and all that. And, we came together as a team and there is that analogy to the church of the body working together, regardless of what the world may perceive as value, the team working together, the body of Christ working together 
um, that could be, that can be exciting. You know, it can be uh, something that's fulfilling, create that passion. Yeah. Well, and there's lots of sports metaphors in the Bible. I was, before we started recording, I was asking my husband, I was like, are there any sports in the Bible? Like we were trying to think if there are, we came up with a few, but I'll quiz you, Pastor Jamie. Can you think of sports in the Bible? Well, I know that Paul always said to run the race yeah. in a way that you might win. And we know that, you know, those, uh, those type things, they didn't have a lot of equipment to use. I'm sure, you know, they didn't have you know a, a track like we have now or the best running shoes or anything, but they, there was a lot of, um, racing there. You had, um, wrestling, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Jacob wrestled with God. Yeah. So yeah. there was, and we still continue to use that metaphor for our struggles with our faith is wrestling with God and right. Um, and, and and a lot of life was physical. I mean, maybe not a sport. I mean, it was a, yeah, maybe a sport they were very survival. Active. Hey, yeah. can I survive this? Yeah. yeah. So I mentioned David and Goliath and my husband kind of raised his eyebrows. I mean, is that that wasn't a sport? And I said, well, there was a winner and a loser. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly there was, and yeah. there was a physical feat involved, but you know, I it think was that skill, was very much skill. Yeah. Very physical much a skill. skill. And David had been practicing that slingshot for a while. So, you know, I'll that. give you that one. Okay. Yeah. But I think what I kept coming back to when I thought of this was, and this is, you know, on that religion road is where we're already on right now is that just, there's not there did seem to be a lot of sports metaphors, but not a lot of actual like sporting events that we saw in the Bible. And that's interesting because like the Bible's just not sports are about winning and losing. And mm -hmm. God, I don't think is about winning and losing, you know, God, if, if I read one of the articles I read, just talked about, if we break it down like that, Jesus hung out with a bunch of losers. <laughs> <laughs> right. True. True. In the eyes of society, for sure. For sure. I mean, and even the disciples he chose did not have social status lean on or to fall back on. Oh, if, they were fishing. If, There's another sport. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But they were not fishing for sport. <laughs> they were they were not getting trophies for their fishing. <laughs> they were fishing yeah. for food and this was their occupation. And I will have to give a shout out to Susan. She said archery, the image of uh missing the mark you know when we mm. sin you know we we miss the mark anyway that's jamie's wife that that's guest joining our podcast as well from afar from afar across the kitchen the you're you're on to, to something there that it's not about um the haves and the have nots in the eyes of christ and we always hear this saying the ground is level at the foot of the cross it's this idea that we all win with christ God's we on all to... of our team. Right. Yeah. So that kind of, that brings me to the question that I was kind of thinking of when we first brought of this thought of this topic, that when I first thought of this topic, I was, ha I had in mind the professional athletes who, when they're being interviewed, always have to say something about giving glory to God or do a prayer. And when they score a touchdown, you know, do a kneel in the end zone or things like that. And that was kind of, obviously we've gotten a lot more, this is a much broader topic than that, but like, what do you think about that? What do you think when you hear these athletes 
giving the shout out in their post game interviews or doing the, you know, the sign of the cross in the end zone or something like that. Right. Well, and the one, the most prominent one that even this process took on the name of the person is Tebowing, Tim Tebow. And I, I love Tim Tebow. I think he's awesome. I think he has used the gifts that he was given physical gifts. I mean, he's a two-time national champion. He was a Heisman trophy, the youngest Heisman trophy winner. He is, I have utmost respect for him, and I think he is sincere. I think he wants to change the world. I think he is using his platform that God has given him to to honor Christ. Um, I think him bowing, and it, and I think, of course, that came first as, as a little mocking of him, and he's he's endured a lot of uh, criticism uh, for that. And so you just split probably our podcast, our roadies in half. By the way, Jamie came up with the term roadies. Jamie gets credit for naming uh, all of y'all. Yes, thank like, you. Like I'm guessing that there's some some of our roadies out there who are big Tim Tebow fans and some who are like, I'm out. So sorry, don't yeah, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Yeah, no, he I, I just think that um he and let me say this to the people that aren't the biggest Tebow fans. I mean, he is not the best quarterback ever. Okay. He he uh, had some limitations on throwing, of course. And those lows that we mentioned that are cro- earlier. chronicled. And here's the thing: I think what we ultimately comes down to is when we see athletes say these things. Uh, you know, first and foremost, they want to you know, give honor to God and thank you, God. The thing that we want to see, and I think the thing the world wants to see, is okay. Is that's great, but is that consistent with your actions? the other 95% of the time you're, you're out and about, you can't, I mean, it's, well, I guess you can, but it's hard for the world to see a player that is going to get in another player's face and cuss him up one side down the other, just yes. acting like a fool on the field, getting penalties for unsportsmanlike conduct or technicals in basketball, whatever. And then at the end of the game, they say, Oh, thank you God for this, this win. And they say for the win, Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that just doesn't, that's not good. <laughs> that doesn't do the church any favors at all in, in my humble opinion. Yeah. I, I will admit that I often roll my eyes a little bit when I hear that. And, and then I always have to try to check myself and say, okay, you know, that why, what's annoying me? Why am I, it just often feels like a really cheap, just a cheap way of it just feels like a cheap religion. It feels like it doesn't have a lot of depth to it. It feels like it doesn't have a lot of substance to it. It's just, you often see, like, I'm just thinking of Aaron Andrews standing on the sideline, ready to interview someone and like, they got to get that out. And then she's waiting for them to get that out. So then she can ask the real question about that play that happened. And mm-hmm. and they know that they're not going to talk until they get the all glory to God and thank you, God. And then now we can talk about quote, the real stuff. Right. I think, there's an important thing there as well, and you you alluded to it, is that it's, you know, it's not our place to judge someone else's expression of faith. And I, I, I know what you mean. And, and certainly if there's someone that you question that, I mean, if I feel confident or if I had even, say, read a book by someone, I have read uh, a book or two by Tony Dungy, the uh, former Colts coach, awesome man of faith. And if he's saying that, then, hey. I know that he's that he's square with that and and he exhibits those things on a daily basis. You know more about him than that one little soundbite. Right, yeah. And but then again, 
that doesn't mean that the person who's one little soundbite I've heard is not as sincere as Tony Dungy. I mean, they both could be great people of, of God. And I think the, the Bible even alludes to some other disciples besides the 12 were out preaching about Jesus and they weren't even all, all of it wasn't entirely spot on, but Jesus said, Hey, let them go. They're preaching Jesus. So who knows? Maybe, maybe some little guy that you were talking about or some little girl, like you were saying, this dream of getting out, maybe they hear some athletes say something about Jesus and it changes their life. So yeah. I, I know uh, exactly what you mean as far as uh, sometimes it's a little squirrely. <laughs> it's a little well, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I think, I think actually we just hit on what bugs me is the soundbite part of it that I'm just, that I'm not, I get annoyed by soundbite faith. I get, and, and I feel like we're living in such a soundbite world that it's so hard, you know, with the social media and we like to blame social media for all kinds of things, but it's just so hard to have a really authentic in-depth conversation with someone. And God is not a simple topic. You know, God is not a post-game interview. Let, let me explain God to you kind of topic, but then I have to ask myself the question that is any, is any mention of God better than none is any is using your platform in any way better than not doing it at all. So I think that's my judgment and I hear the judgment. I'm not proud of the judgment, but that's, that's what I think the part that annoys me is it just feels like a soundbite rather than maybe an authentic connection to God. That, I mean, I think that's, but that's the humanity that we have. I mean, that's where we are and it helps us to, to understand someone else's perspective, something that we often hear from someone questioning the sincerity of a, of a, a expression of faith is, well, would they say the same thing if they lost, you know, what yeah. if things went awful? And, and I think the, the people that I've mentioned and, and some others, uh, Kurt, Kurt Warner is another quarterback who was really a, a prominent Christian uh, man with his, with his platform. I think they would say that. I mean, I think they would be thankful and it's not about um, them winning the game. It's about the bigger picture of the blessings that Christ has given them, the ability to do what they can do. Um, the, the moment to be there. I mean, in front of the world, it's those, those things show a lot more. And that's something that's good about sports is that they teach us about that. Things aren't always fair. And this world isn't always right. It's not going to, I mean, sometimes bad people do win. They get the money, they get the girl, whatever, you know, I mean, right. Yeah. But our faith is not in this world is where that lands us. I think is that we don't have to have confidence in, in the play that won the game or whatever, because there's going to be another game. There's going to be another season next that's going to, that's going to be different. The thing that doesn't change is God in our lives. And hopefully for those people, and I'm just, it's been more men that I've seen do that, but of course there's women that have done that as well. Um, yeah. I think you just hit on the other thing that annoys me is that, yes, I feel like we do hear more of this when it's the winner being interviewed and the credit given to God for winning when 
I'm very sure there's probably people of faith in that other locker room over there who were praying and there were fans who were praying just as hard. And I just really, we talk about this on the podcast a lot. I just think it's such dangerous territory when we start claiming that God is on our side, when we start making sides and, and put God on one or the other and draw a line for God. Right. I think a cipher, whatever you want to call it, maybe a way to read is when the person expressing or making this expression of faith, are they talking about being on God's side instead of God being on their side? I mean, that that's, that's we want to be on the side of God. Uh, We want to be on the side of, of love and faith and hope instead of that. God was really with us today because we won. I mean, that's, that's foolish. I mean, does God care who won this, who wins the Super Bowl? I don't think he, he cares about people. He, he cares about us. He's, he's able to care about everything at one time. So he can't limit God, but he cares about people. And of course, as we hit Easter, I mean, we see the way that he cared. He didn't just talk about it. He did it. He, he died for, for us. So I think there is a lesson there about don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk as well. And I think we can look at that a little bit more as we go down, down the list here. Yeah. I think when we, when we go back to our basic question for the podcast, does God care who wins the Super Bowl or March Madness or the national championship or any of that stuff? It's the bigger question of just, does God care about our day-to-day stuff in general? How involved is God in our life? How much free will do we have? How much, um, how much of what happens to us is our own doing and how much is is God. And that's a different podcast with a much, those are much bigger questions (laughs) than we're going to go into. But I think that's what you're getting at is it's not, if we really dig under that question, it's not so much about the outcome. It's this outcome could really impact people's individual lives, you know, both fans sometimes and the players and that, that whatever it is, God can use that to draw people to God or to, you know, in other ways, the guy can use it, even if it's not something. Yeah. Well, his, he, you know, he's going to use uh, whatever situations or circumstances we find ourselves to the good of, of those who love him. And we have, we, the great thing is we can have faith in that and trust him, whether we made the winning play or we didn't make the winning play that our worth is not based in that circumstance. And I think the message is even, and you can make an argument for it would be more important for these expressions to be made in loss, in failure, mm. because everybody's going to experience failure. We all will. Yep. And, and that's just the way this world is. And when that happens, who do we turn to? Do we turn to the fame? I mean, the fame is going to be gone. You know, that all that money, the, you know, if you can't still uh, play the sport at the level that you were, I mean, as great as Michael Jordan was not better than Tim Duncan. No. <laughs> well, actually, pro- he, okay. That's a little biased probably, but <laughs> anyway, but we're uh, going to stand by that. Yeah. Right. We're going with it. We'll go Deeks. But as good as he, amazing as he was, I mean, right now he's, the time has passed him by. And where is his, where would that person's faith, whatever, whoever that is, doesn't have to be Michael Jordan, but what, where is your faith found in, um, in the things that are eternal or in the things that are temporary and of this world? And that, that is something that 
sticks out in my mind as far as these expressions of faith and and athletes or or celebrities. We didn't talk about, but you know, any anyone in front of a camera. Yeah, anyone who's successful or right. has a platform and can do that. And yeah, something else you just said. I think yeah, you're hitting on all the things that that are, are the parts that bug me because you mentioned someone's value not changing with whether they hit that final free throw or not and whether they get that final touchdown or not. And that's the part that's really important. And I think that's the part that bugs me when I hear that. And th this could just be my own interpretation. Obviously it is my own interpretation, but this implication that I'm more valuable and God loves me more because I hit that winning shot or that the person who didn't has less faith because that implication is just, I think, wrong that that person has less faith. But I think these soundbite, glory to God kind of things can absolutely be interpreted that way, especially by people who this is their only exposure to religion, period. Right. Yeah. And it does to those folks, it can make it very superficial, very um, it's like helping them. I mean, that person that said that and and it's something they employed to get to that point, but that's, that's not the way it should come across. And what God can do with that, if, because Tim Tebow is not visiting my, our neighborhood. I mean, he, he's not going to come come into our tiny little town. Your yeah, tiny little he's not town. going to come visit, but when he says, if he says something and it triggers five people in our community to do something that can make a huge difference here, as you well know, I mean, that would be uh, you know, a, a phenomenon. I mean, it would be something that could change this area uh, for uh, permanently for eternity. But I think that's where we have to balance out what is our responsibility and what is that person that's got that platform? How is God using that person? Is he using that person to be his spokesperson or is he using that person to be uh, just a, a spark to move forward? And that's the, like, that's the difference I think between an authentic faith and a performative faith. And so, you know, if we go back to our categories, we've kind of been jumping all around our categories, but like this category of a roadblock, which is where we look at what can get in the way of where religion can get in the way or our faith can get in the way, you know, when it feels performative and yes, again, that's a judgment that I'm making, but when it feels really inauthentic, that I think turns people away from wanting to have any interest in that. Or if we think back to our episode that we did on religion versus spirituality, you know, when it feels very institutional and only focusing on the rules of I've got to say glory to God versus an authentic, like I am just bursting with adoration for God that I have to let it out right now. It feels to me more like the first than the mm -hmm. just bursting. It feels like this rote, I got to say this before I'm done. I, yeah. No, I think this, if it's some, it, if it comes across as rehearsed or planned, mm -hmm. you're right. Absolutely. And we, I often say um, in, a, in a message that the world is looking for authenticity and they want, they will, they will listen to authenticity, but so often we fail to deliver that as believers, um, even when we mess up. Because even, it makes us vulnerable. Yeah, right. We, it, because then, because we're the failure we have there is that we're looking for value as the world sees it instead of what God wants us to do. I mean, God humbled himself in the person of Jesus. Uh, I mean, so 
who am I to say that I shouldn't humble myself and put our my I don't have to look polished and rehearsed when I thank God for his glory, his gift of love to me. Um, I don't have to talk about, hey, I did great in this game. I, I, I just think it's it's something that when we don't show authenticity, it's almost like say I, I work in schools, of course, as a as a public school principal and kids will tell you the truth. You know, they know when you're when you're not really shooting straight with them. And the world is the same as when they know that we're not really doing what we're supposed to be doing. Even when they, the, the great word, the word you hear a lot is hypocrite. You know, if we're, are we being hypocrites and we, yes, yes, we are going to be hypocrites because that's saying one thing and doing another, because we, we don't want to fail, but we do. I think when we do find ourselves in that situation, we just say, Hey, I messed up and be authentic about it. That's important. I know we're kind of, this doesn't really have much to do with the Super Bowl. But. No, this has, that's what our podcast is all about. It has to do with all of it. You know, and if we kind of carry that ultimate sports metaphor out to the death and resurrection for those of us who are believers, you know, Jesus's in air quotes loss was very public. You know, I mean, he died on a cross in a very public way. And what the vast majority of people saw was this kind of tragic ending that seemed like he if we think in terms of losing and winning and then the resurrection was much more private you know he showed himself to a woman first of all got to throw in that for jill the first first evangelical person was a woman the first person to share spread the good news was a woman but um jill will be so proud of that i hope (laughs) um, but but that was not done in the public forum that the crucifixion was and you know so another kind of sports metaphor there that i think again jesus wasn't about winning and losing as much as creating these authentic connections and trusting that people would hear about it as they needed to and that word would spread as they needed to and that it didn't have to you know he could have done something very public on friday instead of doing something very private on sunday absolutely there's a couple different things there um the triumphal entry for Palm Sunday was totally out of character for Jesus. I mean, and I, I just happened to speak about this last week on Palm Sunday and it was totally something that he normally wouldn't have done. Normally he said, don't tell anybody that I healed you. And he Mm -hmm. kept, he wanted him to keep it, but he knew this moment and then he used his fame to enhance his profile and point more people to him and to see what was going to happen to him and to bring more attention to that he is going to provide salvation for us through his death on Friday and then through his resurrection on Sunday. That was that was uh, him using fame for good, I guess, if you want to put it in terms of good and bad. Yeah, yeah, it's... It, I just, I haven't really even thought about Jesus in a sports metaphor, but I guess there really are a lot of sports metaphors in the Bible. It, it is interesting. You said win and loss. And of course that's in the eyes of the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that's just teaches us about how to see things. Okay, so you see these things on Facebook and one of them says, if you're teaching, if you're coaching, excuse me, youth sports and you're not teaching life lessons, you're really missing the point because it's not about going on to fame and fortune according to the world's view of things it's about you know being with with other people and teaching them compassion and kindness and love 
teamwork, working together and learning about when times don't go well, when you do lose that game, you really wanted to win all these things with dealing with disappointment and things like that. That's what's important as learning about through these sports things. And I think God would say, what can, what can he teach us through sports about himself for those that love sports? He does the same for other things as well. How can he use sports to bring us closer to him? Yeah, I think if we think of it that way, that sports is just another mechanism for creating community, for teaching us how to be with each other, for learning about each other, for learning how to treat each other, and not thinking of it so much as the winning and losing, even though the winning and losing is what stirs all the passion, you know, I mean, jumping ahead to our billboards, I've, I've asked my husband, I said, just name some sports movies, and he would not shut up because there's so many. There's a ton. Great, great movies. You just think the Hoosiers and we're going to, we're going to show our ages here for our younger viewers. There's probably lots of new ones, but Hoosiers and Karate Kid. Oh, there was a new Karate Kid. So that's still nah, somewhat hit. No, we would disregard okay. that you one. just rolled your eyes at me. The first one. Mighty Ducks, which is coming back around now too. You know, Rock, but Rocky did lose in the first the, Rocky movie. Right. Yeah. And it was still a great sports movie. Mm -hmm. So the um, anyway, all that to say the lesson not being it's great when we win, but that the relationships that come out of it being a way that we can learn how to be together. Yeah. And one one I see you had listed there. uh, Remember, the Titans was a great message about learning from each other and and diversity. (laughs) The two teams having to come together from very different high schools, but coming together. Uh, to work as a team, just a, a lot of great analogies there. And what you'd like to see come out of sports is those positive messages about community and uh, family and relationship, because God is a relational God. I mean, he wants to build relationships and have those relationships going going towards how we can work together and how we can lift each other up and how he Uh, can minister in our lives, how he can, and I always say this, how he can, what he's done for us, but what he can do in us and then do through us. It's important in sports and it's important in life. Yeah. We've been all over our categories, but I think that could take us back to the mental health road because, you know, just like so many topics that we talk about on the podcast, things that start out with a positive motivation can get twisted so easily. And so, you know, I mean, we, we see youth sports that's supposed to be this, let's learn how to be active and learn how to understand teamwork. And all of a sudden it becomes dad screaming at one of the other dads in the stands or, you know, a referee getting punched out at a peewee baseball game and how twisted that can be. And just the pressure, I think, because we have created, made athletes so godlike, and we have made sports a religion that it, it, this is really easy to get twist, a place to get twisted um, and become something it wasn't meant to be. Right. I'm currently in a middle school, so we do have some sports and in talking with one of our coaches, he said there is a shortage of referees right now. Mm. Well, who would want to be a referee? Who would want to ref? with what those scenarios that you were talking about right now, instead of, like you said, it's we're, we're what God may have designed to be something uh, exemplary of, of the church, of a team. I mean, now 
there's and the pressure for kids, just, you know, something that's supposed to be fun for them mm-hmm. becomes this, this chore or this burden or becomes, they start to feel all this pressure. And that's, I mean, that can, that, that often exposes family dynamics rather than creates the family dynamics. But that's certainly something that, you know, for the counselors out there, it's always an interesting assessment if you're doing family therapy to see how, if there's, if one of the kids is playing sports, how the family treats that involvement in sports. Yeah, it can, um, it's certainly those behaviors around those are eye-opening for us in education. They can explain a lot of things that we see going on in a child's education does shine a light on some other problems that may be going on in the house. Yeah, I think we've got through most of our categories. I think I don't think it was quite as organized as when Jill was here. Not yeah, Jill's gonna fuss at me. Jill's not gonna fuss at me, but but Jill is better at keeping me on track with our categories. Mine tend to just kind of bleed all together. But but we did spend a lot of time on the religion road because that's kind of what we're talking about is how religion shows up in pop culture and specifically in sports for this. But certainly, yeah, I mean when we think about. Kanye's foray into religion or Justin Bieber's foray into religion and society's response to that. You know, if the category of of who's driving, so kind of who's powerful there, we touched on this, but I do think, again, this bleeds into the road rage for me, just this idea of using God to get what we want. And I've done it. I mean, I've sat there and just prayed for this outcome for this sports, for this game. But that's something I think just always thinking about how we are engaging in the power of God, this idea of God's on my side. Like I remember all those Carolina fans we grew up with just saying, God made the sky Carolina blue. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> and trying to get trying to get um to use the power again saying God's on on my side. Were there any other roadblocks that came to mind for you about where religion's getting in the way or I, I, I think it does come down to that authenticity and being, like we said, the highs and lows of sports. But in in our faith, we can have, even though being in those highs and lows, we can have um, a peace that passes the understanding of the world. But when we don't see that exemplified, when someone's trying to make these expressions, it it's causes cognitive dissonance. Is that the, did I use that right? I think uh, so. I, Keep going. I'll, sure. I'll, I'll check your work. Yeah, make sure. But it creates this um, bad picture of those who aren't in relationship with God to say, "What do you wait? It's not making any difference for you. You say, thanks God for all this, but you don't really look any different in your life, in your peacefulness, in your relationships. That can be a roadblock to people approaching God if they see this. Uh, mixed message from these celebrities, these uh, sports uh, superstars and all that. Yeah. This idea of that, if that's what God is, I don't want any part of that. Exactly. That's, and that's something we all carry, you know, we all carry that burden. We just don't all have this huge platform that these athletes have. Right. And and I think, and I, I said before, but it, I guess it bears repeating is that when we mess up, when we make mistakes, we say, Hey, I messed up. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I hope you will forgive me. I'm sorry I offended you or whatever. And then then that can open the door to explaining the idea of forgiveness that we have in Christ. It's all it's it is about being authentic. Yep. And that, you know, I think that takes us to some of the U-turns that we want to see that what we want to see is a more 
is whatever faith display of faith or display of religion that is there that it feels authentic. And you know, I think you had put this phrase faith development here in the notes about a U-turn. You know, that's that's interesting for me to think about that we all, for people, again, not all of our listeners um, are believers or who are engaged in religion at all, but people who are, we would, we like to think that on this podcast, we're taking a deeper dive into some of these topics and not just having this surface level understanding of things. And everybody's got to start somewhere <laughs> too, you know? And so like, I right. think of in, in my counseling and spirituality classes, I teach a lot of faith development and helping counselors understand kind of the different places that people might be in their faith. And, and those, most of those faith development models, I think have a real bias towards kind of this, what they, they perceive as surface level faith. And I, I feel that in myself, I have a bias towards that as well. But again, everybody's got to start somewhere. And most of these athletes are younger people that their brain's still developing. So their right. faith is still developing. Right. We, you see uh, young children, um, in the in church life, you see them young kids making a profession of faith, and sometimes you think, ah, I don't know if they know exactly what they're. But here's the way that I've always heard this, and and I'm satisfied with it. That if a child, everything they know about themselves gives themselves to everything they know about God, then they're going to grow in that hopefully. But at that point, they're making a true confession of faith uh, to to God that then they're like you said their faith will develop it will grow and 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 it's kind of like in sports you have to practice to get better i mean you you do have to engage in activity it doesn't just happen because you want it to and i wonder i mean i realize we're sitting here kind of analyzing people's lives and we see these little we only see little glimpses like even when we see the whole game we don't see the totality of their lives and we only hear them talk for literally just a few seconds at a time thinking about how any person who has a huge platform and who has a lot of money are pulled in a lot of ways you know the term worldly might be the religious term that we use and just how easy it is to get caught up in money and adoration of people and to you know just kind of get almost addicted to people's adoration of you and I wonder if some of those it those expressions of in that post-game interview, you giving a shout out to God might be just a way of trying to continually ground themselves in that. Right. I mean, uh, what's the harm in it? You know, what's wrong with saying that as I think the key for us in understanding that would be what, what follows that. And it, it, again, it's not our place to judge um, what they do. The other you know, if a game is three hours, what are they doing the other 21 hours of the day? That kind of thing. But I, I think the interaction with their community, uh, with the people, even that are on their team, there can be great, great situations there for them to live out their faith and match what they say in that little soundbite that is a few seconds, like you were saying before. Uh, but it can't happen in a soundbite. It has to be in relationship. All right. So we haven't, we, I've been a little ragey in some topics so far, but do you have any moments of road rage? Okay. I'm just going to tell y'all Jamie experiences road rage, literal road rage quite often. He is not a patient driver. That is false and uh, very inappropriate to share on this podcast. 
All right. That makes me very glad that we are in different rooms and we're doing this over Zoom because <laughs> it's not false. I'm the worst right, in road rage. It's not gonna get just me. turn your signal on, please. Just go the speed limit just and get out of the left lane. Okay. Please. See, this is That's how I, I get Jamie Ragey. Our dad did teach us, though, many, many driving lessons that come from our dad. But one that always sticks with me is. The person behind you should see your turn signal before they see your brake lights, people. They should see your turn your, before you slow down for the turn. Or excuse me, turn your signal on before you turn your yes. brakes on or hit your brakes. Sorry. But any road rage moments for the podcast? No, I, I think uh, I think you've actually expressed that we could sit and we could sit in judgment of someone that's professing thanks to to god but it's really not our place i'm I, I do kind of fall in the camp of any mention of god is better than no mention of god okay yeah well i think y'all have heard most of my ragey moments the things that annoy me and bring out the judgment in me i think the bottom line for me is just anytime religion is someone's brand like and that doesn't mean that you can't make a living i mean obviously pastors do all the time make a living in service to God, but when it becomes more your brand and the brand takes over, you know, that goes back to, we talk a lot in the podcast about rules being more important than relationships. So when kind of the, the brand or making sure you're getting your brand out there is more important than that authenticity, that, that feels showy, that feels inauthentic, but I think we've said a lot about that already. So you ready to put it in park? Absolutely. Any final thoughts? No, I, we start to wrap it up. I just, I mean, I think that we started with does God care about the Super Bowl winner? And I, I think we've seen that he does care, but he doesn't care maybe for the reasons that the world cares. He cares because um, it involves us. Now, maybe not the Super Bowl, but the things that are important to us, he, we're important to him. So I think he, he, he does care, but again, a little different way than the world does. Cares about all of the people involved from the people cleaning the stadium to the people playing in it that we get to see on TV to those of us gathering who are impacted by it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be my putting it park too, that God cares about us. God cares about the things that we do, but I don't think God is much into the winning and losing. I don't think God really thinks in terms of losers unless we're all losers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've all fallen short, but we're all winners. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the scripture yeah. talks about the last being first. And so yeah. that makes winning not sound like such a great thing. So, so yeah, I think God cares, but just not as much into winning and losing. I think that he sees us all on his side and as, as being made in the image of God. Yeah. I like, I like, I did like, I'll give you the rare compliment from the big brother that, oh. um, yeah, hold on. Take a breath. Yeah. This yeah. Is big. Pause. No, um, that, uh, the losing, looking at Jesus, you know, if you looked at Jesus by the world that he lost and Friday didn't look good. And, um, yeah. And those world standards really different than ours. Correct. So, so this has been fun. Hey, Thanks yeah. for standing in for standing in for Jim. Well, I'm glad I could. I hope I didn't uh, get. Uh, wait, let's see. What was one of the guidelines that we're not we're supposed to have respectful discussion? <laughs> I, I don't know if I fulfilled all of that, but but I tried. I think it was as respectful. And that's what's important. 
it's, it's more respectful than some other discussions you have. I have had, especially in our. I have no up. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, that will be another story for another day. So yes. roadies, thank you for hanging out with us. We would love to hear your thoughts on this. We would love for you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sacred Intersections Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Sacred Pod. Our website, Sacred Intersections Podcast, um, that Jill has done just a beautiful job with. You can find lots of resources there. You can find all the episodes there and listen to the episodes there um, or wherever you're listening to this one. Now, we would love it so much if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That just helps people find us. That helps people find our podcast. So so that would be awesome if you are enjoying, especially if you're enjoying this. That would be super awesome if you would go leave a review. But thanks for hanging out with us today and safe travels through all your sacred intersections throughout the week. And Jamie, this is when Jill goes, woohoo. So woohoo. There you go.